You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so we're not having an after the show before the after the show discussion this week. Why? Because there are so many items on my... But the before the after the show discussion, I can, I can explain it very briefly. You were just telling me about overclocking. Yes. That's it. So there's the before right. the after the show. Well, I'm saying no lengthy five ten minute talk. Yeah, but I want to talk at length about overclocking. Okay, so because no, I didn't want to listen at length. So about the multiplier. <laughs> so. So you have to raise the multiplier. I know you love it, and I I grasp the concept, but it doesn't interest me. Over, overclocking's fun because you're making this longer. It's like free performance. So mm-hmm. you know when you buy a car and it goes like eighty mile an hour. Well, it's Isn't like that free. They, you paid for it already. They just tell you it's. I nice. mean, it's free, as in you can tinker a little bit and it goes faster, like mm-hmm. a car. You know, well, up for a car, you have to pay usually, but mm-hmm. this is just like set a few settings, it's faster. Anyway, so overclock responsibly, kids. <laughs> so it is Saturday, uh, February the ninth, two thousand and thirteen. This is after the show number two hundred and sixty-one, the weekly podcast where myself, A Scully, and uh, Sid talk. That's me. Hello. 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 I don't have to mimic you. Both talk about movies. And that's Sid Talk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K. And that's not the name you was born with. Uh, no. <laughs> but I not. was born a Scully. So, we're looking at the movie this week, End of Watch. It's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray on the 22nd of January. It's rated R and it's from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of this movie, End of Watch. It is, uh... I mean, the, the briefest thing you can say, it's about police officers, like the life of a police officer, the work at what it's like at work to be a police officer. But when you zoom in a little bit, it is two police officers, partners, and basically a few incidents that they go through and then like looking at their lives and the, you know, it doesn't delve too much into the impact of being a police officer on you as a person but it shows kind of the fingers of your of that career how it kind of reaches out to your marriage in terms of once you're married to a police officer in this world that they've created you've married the whole force the force because you're part of the family now i do think that's a very huge part of it I just don't think every single individual so that's what you're looking at is sort of the almost the stereotypical view that we have which seems accurate but that's what it's about these two officers and kind of how they go through i don't know the time frame seems like maybe a year of yeah. their career yeah it's not a day or anything it's, no, a, no. it's a, a period it is of a time. training day it right. is a- <laughs> um so uh end of watch um, and police officers in los angeles specifically so end of watch is um filmed in the style of a documentary similar not a documentary of sort as as sorts but similar if you've watched the tv show cops it's handheld cameras buttonhole cameras and but it's not presented as if anyone's presenting you with a no it's like cops it's just somebody following two cops but actually in this case the, the cameras are on these two cops some of them yeah yeah and and it does break out of that Occasionally, yeah. where you you think well, it's not always handheld cameras. Well, it is, but there's people 
there's imaginary people filming them occasionally, right? Right. I guess I don't see it the way you did. So, I mean, to me, it's not presented as if we are watching this footage. Well, of from the very opening, from the very opening scene, you, you, the police officer makes it clear: "I'm filming. This is the right. camera I'm using. This is." The I just camcorder. felt like that was a like kind of an easy way of and saying I thought we're going to be right in the middle of the action. And I, I usually don't like like shaky cam slash um, home camera type scenarios I, I feel like it's a bit of a gimmick to make like you know to make your film like intense or something i don't know and i thought i was going to really hate it but in this film it's really well done mm-hmm. and i i think it makes the film better and usually i think it makes the film worse but i think in this, it's because it does pull it out makes it really in- see i feel like it was mostly not that and only you know it was just hinted at that when you had to be right in the middle of well things. whatever the percentage of it being it, it i being don't know that, <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying whatever the percentage is that he chose to use is the right percentage because because yeah. it was intense when it needed to be. You were up in the faces of people, and then it did step back from the action to show you things occasionally, Ho- horrible things in some cases. Yeah. So I think that the device, which is usually a gimmick, improved this movie. Give us an example of a gimmick movie. I can, which is the one. I think Cloverfield's a yes, gimmick. Cloverfield. Definitely. Um, I don't think it makes that movie better. In fact, I would like to see the version of Cloverfield that was done as a normal movie. Even a clo- even Blair Witch, to some degree, could have done with cutting out some of the handheldness. Yeah, but I think there's another case of it making a movie unique and interesting because it hadn't been done at that but time. But gimmicky. Right. But this in this case, um, they set it up at the beginning. Yes, we're going to be filming with these button cameras, blah, blah, blah. And about... 20 minutes in I'd forgot that that was going on so and it was still going on but it doesn't take over the story because the story is interesting enough for you to not be bothered by the shaky cam stuff so get that out of the way loved the shaky cam in this Um, the actual acting is my first thing and the acting in this they did a lot of improvising. Should I, this I, be during the cast discussion, or is that just like you feel like it's such a big thing? No, I think this is more what makes this film. Uh, let me say up front here: this film is excellent. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, you should see this film. So, but why it is excellent? Breaking it down is that camera work. B the acting um, more so than the story for me because it was a lot of improvisation between the two main characters. And I felt that it came across like supernatural, like just two people having a conversation. It wasn't um, forced or... And, there, you know, there's a lot of these downtime moments where they're just having like funny banter with each other. Banter. Which uh, is a word I hate. But it didn't feel... It just felt like they said, just say some stuff that people might say to each other. Or it didn't not. feel like it was scripted at all, any of that, no. to me. Well, I... Felt like they started with lines and then were able to just sort of reaction off of each other a little bit. And then third, so the acting in between the actors, great. And third, what I really liked about this is the story is not exactly what I thought was going to happen. I mean, it's it twists and turns and it gets more serious than I thought it was going to be. If you right. know what I'm saying, I don't want to spoil that, but mm-hmm. there's there's a huge. Um, moment let's say where um i didn't see that coming and you know and it it's a lot of real you know we we don't go to their 
ordinary calls. No. We see them uh, in some of the very extreme calls, to be honest. And then in one of them, they say, oh, yeah, this is just an ordinary yeah. call, but it's actually not. That's what's, you know, you can, if you are being a critical person, you could go, oh, right. So every single time these two guys go out, it's like hero time or, you know, ooh, major police work time. So that could be a criticism of it, I think. But it's a condensed period of time and we you know we're seeing in these police officers interesting calls we're not right but we're also not introduced to anything to see how they behave in a normal normal yeah like a (laughs) non-dramatic kind of a thing you you never see them in that situation which i think is my only criticism of the whole movie and my fourth thing that i like about this movie and it's a we went I'll mention this later, but we went to see The Hobbit uh, this last week. And we have a few complaints about it. And the complaints about it are what (laughs) this movie has not got. And this movie is really well, just from dialogue and some scenes, really good characterization. You care for the people. Absolutely. Everybody I cared for. The women who you hardly see, the, the commander, all of them, right? And it's just from... Well, from these two, you feel the bond between them. You feel only a few mo- lines where they, you know, they could have done this in The Hobbit. Lines that people say can tell you a whole world about them. He tells you about, he just mentions being in the Marines yep. and you understand yep. the kind you of character he just filled in an entire thing of preparedness and trainingness. And, and, bit, and a bit recklessness. Yep, a little bit of recklessness. And you you can fill in, whether it's correct or not, the sense of... He, what gives him that certain edge a few times, which we don't expand on it ever, except that one line tells you, ah, so he maybe is seeking or looking or, you know, either he's really good at, you know, you just, it fills in so much. It's amazing. And the characterization on everybody, including the families of the two Mm -hmm. men, um, in one case, in... Jake Gyllenhaal's character's case, a new fam- his new family that he's kind of his girlfriend yeah, that he's with dated. absolutely like one line of dialogue, right? And then with the other guy, his huge family that <laughs> yeah. he adores, and you know he's a family man, and he you, you is characterized. Whereas the problem I had with the Hobbit, which we'll mention later, is it's, it's not characterized enough. So you end up going, "Who do I care for? What? What? You kind of like in a well, like who are these people? Yeah, exactly. You know, when you're telling a story. Even identifying with a bad guy or a big horrible villain or something, you know, like you, there has to be something, even if it's the tiniest thing for you to go, ah, I get it. You know, if you've got a villain who was abused as a child and only one line of dialogue says something like, and his father was horrible, then you go, oh, right. And you just get that little connection. Whereas in this one, it's fed to you over time, but really in the beginning, you just get it all very naturally and easily. Not only, not only with them each other, but the way other people talk to them. Yeah. You just get these the way they treat them and react to them, and it's all brief. It's not like you had to take twenty minutes per person to wheedle them out. I mean, it's just beautifully done. I thought. And the bad guys in this movie. Not only that, I mean, this, even the supporting characters the other police yeah, officers you get no time with them just, I mean, even, just them walking to the car guy, and, you know like yeah. the, the way people see them it's just like you feel for everybody and the bad guys in this movie who um, 
you don't get a ton of time with at all. No. Um, the time that you do get with them where they go to break up the party. Mm-hmm. That is enough to understand what's going on Absolutely. There. Um, and I'm scared of the main guy and <laughs> the girl is even scarier, right? Because um, she's completely out of control, reckless. Uh, and I get it immediately. Like, like, yeah, it's the characterization that's well done, you know. Just, it's everything, though. Because they'd hardly say anything, those bad pe- bad guys. Yet, what they do say and is do. terrifying. Like, I mean, I mean, it's just terrifying when, the, when there's that, for me, the head girl of the gang, who's like this crazy gang girl, and there's a, a hot chick, mm-hmm. and she just like, pull, and does like what guys do. Yeah. Like, She's exactly like a guy. And it just makes you terrified. Like, she's going to be as bad as that other guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's going to be as bad as, um, what's he called? Evil. Big evil. Big evil. She's as bad as, if not worse, because she's completely off her head. Like, she's crazy. But, um, yeah, overall, for me, it's an excellent movie. I didn't know nothing about it. I knew it was a cop film because I, I see cops. I thought it was Baywatch, so that's how you much did think I know it was about Baywatch. It. So, um, just your quick uh, overall. Uh... Why do I have to be quick? You're pressuring me. Not quick, because you know well, me. I'll, let me give everyone a little bit of insight into me as a character. You tell me to be quick. I'm going to be very slow. Just right. so you know, uh, I agree with almost every single thing you said. Perfect. Which is very rare. Um, I think it took about. I don't know. It took me a couple minutes in the beginning, like you were kind of hinting at that you thought, "Oh, great, we're gonna have a like a hook here with the handheld and the things, yeah. and it's gonna be a big theme." It's only a theme that they. I felt that's the only thing, the only other little thing that was like that didn't need to exist as a thing about the character. You know, it doesn't. The only thing it clues us in is that he's going to college for something else, and but that. It was just that. A, but it gives kind a of unique a style. transparent tool that it wasn't clumsily done, but it just felt like, you know, that was the only criticism I have that someone had to sit there and work out, well, how are we going to get, I want to get in the middle of the action. How are we going to do this? Uh, we might as well introduce it as a, one of the characters things that he does because you have to question even though everyone goes get that fucking camera pardon me f word (laughs) get that camera out of my face get that camera out of here are you filming this don't do that don't film it that keeps reminding you of it and that could be the only one of the loopholes that people watching like you were asking with real police officers what would they think would be going no way no way would a police officer be allowed to even have a camera in his hand. Well, you know, no, that. I was just reading that they do have cameras. There are, they so, have, I know, sanctioned ones, yeah, yes. sanctioned ones. But not like a personal webcam that no. you're just, or a camera that you're just filming every every moment in the locker now, room and everything. We know that car, the cars have cameras on the front, so mm-hmm. that is pretty... And th- yeah, but an, they're not personal There cameras. is an excellent car chase. Oh it's my the, God. It's, it's the opening of the movie, actually, and it brilliant. looks like a car chase that you see on cops because yep. it's from the car camera brilliant. with the overlay over it. And it culminates in yep. a bad... It was a bad ma- amazing. Yeah. With uh, the voiceover and then some music and then you... I don't like car chases as we... It's all, pretty all brief, but it's a good one. Because it looks like a real car chase. It doesn't look like... It doesn't look like a movie car chase. Mm-mm. It looks like you're watching America's Criminals... You're watching Cops. Yeah. You're just watching... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I really thought that was a good... I'm glad that they use this kind of camera. And what was your other... Um, That's it. I mean, I just agree. Every it's it hooked me immediately in terms of 
I want to find out what these two men are going to experience. And that doesn't always happen for me with authoritative roles, you know, military or police, law enforcement, even sometimes when it's someone like the head surgeon of a hospital. I'm not that. I always get a little bit like, I don't identify with you. Why do I have to care about you? But it was all, it was that, that thing with the dialogue, and I'm also a Gillen Hall fan, and I oh. like that other guy a lot, and I just felt like, okay, I'm in it. And I, I this is the biggest thing for the movie for me. I was tense and afraid and, like, sick in my stomach I think a little bit the dangerous, whole time. Right? All the time. And then I thought... Uh, do police officers have constant post-traumatic stress disorder um, treatment? I'm sure. Because it's it's a horrible infliction of humans having to do that. It's just <clears throat> awful. And that's where I thought the first person camera came in really good. Because when you see it, when he's holding yeah. his gun, when they're going into a house, for instance. A little bit of first person shooter there Yeah, and he's holding <laughs> the gun, which is how you would see it yep. when you're walking. Um, well... It, yeah. yeah, you would be looking down the sides of your gun, walking, right? So, True. So it's exactly how he would see it, and it makes you feel how terrifying it is not knowing what's in the darkness ahead of you. Is Absolutely. it a guy with a gun? Is it? But it's not done in a way of, like, suspensefully. It's done in sort of a, not sort of, but at a real-time... Tense. Um, the, the accurate distances, like, the camera doesn't like in a regular movie, would like zoom in on a curtain that's hanging across the doorway right. where you get the sense. So then you're supposed to... It's Then the character's clear across the room. In this one, you stay with the character, clear across the room, and he's not freaking out or anything, and, and you just feel this like... Uh, uh, without all that assistance and without a heavy music soundtrack pounding at you all no, the there time. Isn't really. There's music... Unless there's music in the, in the area. like In a couple times they in put the some car. music over. Yeah. But it's not music they're playing in the car. It's just to give you a certain I'm vibe. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So Public enemy. to me, that 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 sense of like imminent danger. I don't know. I just got had a lot of. I all of a sudden had so much sympathy. I also for feel people in the uh, soldiers, police, and law enforcement. Anybody who is dealing with the question mark of criminals and of. An, an opposing force that wants to kill them. I mean, that's like... And this is not a true story, but it was based around two real police officers. What do you mean, based around them? I was just reading from the director. There was a two police officers in that area of L.A. who this kind of thing happened to. Back the, in the 90s. The big picture? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, and it, so it's not their story, but it, it was, you know, when you read up on the police... Um, some trivia was like Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Penno went on 12 weeks of 12 hour days with real policemen you know as the sit-in and uh, on the first day of Gyllenhaal's uh, he saw a murder you mean he saw it happen? happened or... sorry how that what was the circumstance? It, it's not disclosed because usually you don't go and then witness a murder you go because a murder has no, happened it says, they, it says they saw the murder happen hmm. so it was a shooting or a happening while they're there or I don't know I don't know how it occurred maybe they were chasing somebody or chasing two people mm. somebody got clipped or whatever um, and you know what was the other thing it's got the most it's the sixth <laughs> so it has got a lot of swearing F word yeah the F word is dropped <laughs> 300 and something times and it's in the sixth it's the sixth movie I'm, I'm sure Scarface is the top one I'd have to look but I think it is 
But yes, yeah, I so, thought it was what's their faces? Trey and him. They made an effort oh, to be yeah, number one. Yeah. So if you're offended by uh, language, there's a lot of language in here. But it's a, it's not inappropriate because you get no, the feeling not. that's just how everybody copes and that's how they have they communicate with each other. It's so you know everyone. The criminals are under lots of pressure and strain as well as law enforcement in terms of how it's they a, perceive their the moment they're living in and so that anger and the thing of the criminals and then the pressure and the, the you know imagine the the oh my god it's just so intense to think about being law enforcement person out in the middle of these and it's kinds south of central los angeles which is like yeah. gang gang territory so it's uh, not the easiest place to work no. um so the cast here jake gillenhall plays brian taylor um he's fantastic right at first i was thinking oh this cop's going to be a complete douche Right? Because there's some of the things he said sure. right at the very beginning. But I've quickly learned to like the cop. The, and they weren't straight up. They're complex. Yeah, they're, they're very they're complex. Pro- you know, when, you know the very first scene where yep. they have a fight with a guy? Yeah. Then you're like, oh, and he's God, we're going to go downhill from yeah. here. <laughs> I thought, yeah, these are the really. This is bad lieutenant, isn't it? But with cops. Right, yeah. Right, they're going to be the worst. But no, that was a thing about respect and between cops and criminal, right? It was a. No, he... And a man, man, in their minds, the man thing, you right. know? Don't insult me, and this has nothing to do with me being a cop or you being who you are. I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, and that's it. With yeah. no, nothing, no strings attached. <laughs> so, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal did a fantastic job, and Michael Penner... Both I of think them are fantastic. Michael Penner plays Mike Zavala. Um, I think Michael Penner was... was I've seen him in a lot of things. and amazing. Yeah, really. They, and they pair together so well. It's because uh, the contrast between the two characters, even. And I like where just the the slight, the like he's a Mexican guy and he's a white guy. A white guy. And just that like funny racial thing that they do between each other. They're not being nasty or rude. It's just a thing. I'm different than you, you're different than me. Right. Um, it's really funny. Some of the funniest dialogue comes off that where he's talking about. You go and do your white people stuff, and well, they were talking about women. Yeah, if you were to date a Mexican lady, this is then you, they were kind of mocking that. And if you were to date like a white woman, then this is how she's going to be. And yeah, you could feel the tension if you weren't, if you were trying to be critical again, you would feel the like, oh, well, that's not very nice. But you'd have to just no, I, I thought it was some of the and best. And I felt like it was appropriate for them. Yeah, I felt like that's how two friends yeah. of different nationalities would. Did we ever hear how long they'd been partners? I can't remember. No, I don't think we did. I just felt like it had been a sometime. Though. Yeah. I mean, you just felt it didn't feel like new, did it? It's not like rookies training hour no. or anything. Training day. Um, so Anna Kendrick plays Anna, who <laughs> they didn't change her name. Is a uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's new lady friend. No, Janet was her name. Oh, why did her, why does it say Anna on IMDb? I don't know. Janet was her name. Yeah, she is called Janet, so that must be wrong. Right. So, yeah, she plays the... Um, yeah, she's good, but I think she would be the weakest for me out of yeah, all Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it is about her. She, um, she's a bit too... She gets too much into the minutia of being actorly, in my opinion. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Like, trying too hard to be natural. And you you can spot it a mile away. When someone's trying to do, like, the little movements and the, like, When she shoulder, uh, recorded oh, into the yeah, camera. Too actorly. Yeah, it was forced. very... It was very, um, yeah. And in contrast to everything else, yeah. even the other lady, America Ferrara, 
like the naturalness. Isn't that the other woman? Natalie Martinez. Natalie Martinez is the other wife. Her thing is completely natural. You don't, you feel like when they're all in conversation together, but then yeah, the other girl, woman, she's just a little bit too, I don't know, almost like, you know, when there's a week. Trying a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Natalie Martinez plays Gabby, I thought was really good too. Mm -hmm. You know, I cared for him more because I knew her better. Exactly. Which is exactly how characterization should be, right? And then America Ferrera plays Ozoko, which is one of the police. Um... Which one was she? She was the one. She was. There's two was police the, women. That one or the no, other? No, because they're other, two the Latino. One. Yeah, the other one. But they, I mean, it's, I, I didn't um, mark everybody down here. There's a lot of people in this movie, but most people are really small parts, and it's it's actually the story of these two guys. They're on the screen the majority of the time, right? Yeah. Um, so this is directed by David Ayer, who also wrote Training Day. Um, and this. And this. Yeah, he wrote and directed this. Um, and Training Day is one of my favourite cop movies, to be honest. I think, you know, it's a different type of cop movie, but it's still a cop movie. Um, and I think he did a fantastic job here. I mean, yes. Yeah, Agreed. So, what else has he done besides that? Fast and the Furious, I believe. The original? Yes. He wrote U571. He's, he's done a lot of writing and less directing. Right. You know, bits and, uh, uh, but I, I think he's really good. Um, obviously, this is a very distinct style. I, I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't do another, like, firefighters in this way, or I don't think. Oh, no. Why would you? I'm just saying, like, it's, it's a one-off for me. Like, uh, mm-hmm. we do this. I mean, and, yes, it will be done again by somebody, right? This first-person camera thing. Mm, well, he didn't invent it. He didn't. It's not even a first out. But I think it's different thing. to what most people have done it. I disagree. But that's why we see it different. Especially it, just... it being mounted on the lapel of a um, person. Because normally it's a cell phone or... Yeah, but it wasn't actually... You saw no, how they really but did that's it. How it. Yeah, sorry, but ha- that's how it looks. Right. And it those wasn't. cameras that are pinned to their lapels are GoPro cameras. They're proper cameras. You can buy them online, about $400. They're HD. They record to an SD card. The battery lasts all day. It's totally possible to have one of them. They don't have one. They have like a massive rig yeah. strapped to them when we saw the making of. So it obviously looks better than probably... That's what I'm saying. It's it's an illusion that we're watching lots of handheld stuff. Even though he did have one in his hand that was... That was an actual one. real one. Yeah. Right. But that's why I don't feel like it's not unique or new or... It's definitely unique to this genre of movie. I don't think I've seen it before. Mm, but I don't I don't think of it that way, so... Right, but... Because we have it's action also, that where we're right up and close. Bourne has a lot of action where your, your camera's like right yeah, up Yeah, but in not there. where the camera's... Where it's been told to you that people have got cameras. Right. It's more of a traditional film. It's just this handheld camera work by a cameraman. This is... Listen, the characters are using the cameras. Why is that so special? It just makes it feel different to me. It makes it makes the whole vibe feel different. If you think of Bourne and then you think of this. It's the whole vibe is different. It's more document... It's more like a documentary or a reality. Even though it's not. That's how it feels to me. It feels like an episode of Cops, but it's a movie. Right, and I don't see it that way at all. Right. Which is very interesting. So you don't think this feels like like this action's actually taking place? I feel like I'm right up in there. It doesn't feel choreographed most of, 99% of the time. You know, like a lot of fight movie, you know, when you have fights and things like that. 
but it doesn't stand out to me as like what the way I think you saw it. Like I'm in cops and it's just a, you know, someone like a person standing there like his character with the camera. I just I understand that's what they want you to how you want to see it, but then I'm thinking, yeah, there's a cameraman standing there with a camera in his hand. Yeah, and I never. So I don't I, think that I, way. I just subtract that because I'm told that the characters are filming, so I subtract that there's anything else. Right, so that's why it doesn't seem special to me. It's just a tool to get you in that mode. So that, and I think the only reason for the whole of that is that he wants you to be on uh, with. He wants you to be him. Those action scenes know? wouldn't be the same if it wasn't like that. It would just be pretty true, but normal. that doesn't that doesn't hinge on the fact that you think of the character as being the film guy. To me, to me, it does. It's just the point of view of the camera. So that's to it. me, it changes the whole dynamic. Because he's not of obsessed movie. with it. He doesn't talk about it constantly. He doesn't talk about how he needs to get this shot or frame that he mentions like twice, I think, ever that he's filming this and filming that. Other than that, it's not even a topic. Other people mention it. I know they tell him to get the camera, yeah. put it away. So, but I'm all, so about- that just even that to me changes the dynamic of the whole film. Right, it doesn't for me. Because it's not like me watching, like, Streets of San Francisco. Like, you feel like sometimes you're like watching that. what you shouldn't be watching. Yes. Right, and I didn't, I didn't have that little yeah, like, feeling. Yeah, like, sometimes, in fact, one time Michael Penn says, you're going to edit that part out, right? Right. Because <laughs> he makes a mistake. Um, things like that. I feel like I'm privy to watching things I shouldn't be seeing police officers do, right? And, and I they, feel like... they're not exactly straight up sometimes. If I'm going to feel, even on the fringe of it being a gimmick, that's the moments when I feel like it. To remind us, briefly, that this is what's going on. So I just saw it different. So uh, Blu-ray extras here, and there are... There's like over an hour of deleted scenes, but what we found is... They're not really delete. Well, they are deleted scenes. Some of them are more than they're, others. they're... Um, it's raw footage, so like if there's a scene of, I won't say what, a scene of something, it might last six minutes, but there might be no dialogue, or there might be a tiny bit of dialogue, or it might just look like the camera's sat on a thing and people are just Cause doing Because he wants, what I felt like, the ones that we did Natural. watch, he just wants to have the camera there for a long period of time, because some of the way he edits is to do, like, a shot, and then snap to something else, and then back to that kind of quickly a couple of times, and just needs the footage. And then you're just sitting there when you're watching right. the deleted scene, like, so like nothing's it, happening. So let's say we're filming a wedding, for instance. He would just film. He would say, "Let's act out an in- well." Let's say a wedding yep. dance. Let's act out the entire wedding dance as though it was going down for an hour or an hour and a half, and then I will choose what's good and what's bad. There's none that are that long, but none still. of that long. But I think I feel that's how. It, yeah, that is how he filmed it. He just sat exactly. up there on a tripod, took a load of footage. I bet there was a lot of footage to edit into this movie. I mean, seems like it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of deleted scenes, including an alternate ending, so to speak. Um, mm, definitely. And there is also some behind-the-scenes featurettes. That but it's not identified as an alternate ending. You just spotted it, and I, I thought it sounded like an and alternate it, ending. It actually is. Uh, and there are some behind-the-scenes featurettes which are super disappointing for me because they're those mm-hmm. electronic press kit ones again. And I said to you, when you go to the cinema early, and there's that, what's it called? I don't even know. There's a thing oh, that I plays. Oh, I don't know. Inside look. Inside look. And it goes, and it even says, end of watch. And then it's like the thrilling cop drama. Like it's it's that. It's yeah. what they show in the cinema to make you interested in End of Watch. And while it does have a little bit of behind the scenes stuff because you learn what cameras they used and that kind of thing, it's really empty. Yeah, I, I, I'd prefer a documentary or something better than those. 
It's not really extra. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a two-hour documentary. It's like those things exist for promotional reasons, and yeah. they've stuck it on the cam- on the DVD instead right. of let's make something about the making of this If you movie. made a... Tw- like how about interview the police officers that he... Or, I don't know if that's safe or not, but I mean, that kind of thing. I mean, it Show doesn't have to be clips. a two-hour documentary. It, what I'm saying is, I like a documentary. It doesn't have to be a two-hour documentary. A 10 to 20-minute, very full-of-information documentary of how it was filmed on the set Showing you all what I would like to see is the area where the director writer does his research to see, like, what is he using and what's his like process of gathering information and all the news stories that he's ever read and you know where did he dig out all these like uh, the truth about being a cop and stuff like that. Like, and that's like where you, that. that's where the third extra comes into play, which is the feature commentary with director David Ayer. So. You think he'll be that devotion? I think, well, he's got almost two hours to talk about making of this movie, so that's where you'll get information. And I've listened to a lot of commentaries recently, and I find that the the commentaries are where you get the most information. They tell you all kinds of behind-the-scenes things that you would never get from one of those documentaries. So, um, yes, there is a there is a commentary, which... Um, you'll be listening to. Yeah, I will this week. I always like to listen to them, if the film interests me a lot. And this one seems like to be a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to learn. So, um, in conclusion, I think you should absolutely see this movie. It's a must-see for me. Well, I don't tell people what to watch, but I would say... Well, I if I had to... I would recommend it, definitely. Yeah, it's um, a well-made... It's it's action-packed, it's well-acted, it's... That's the best part of it. Realistic, to a point... Even though we don't know, because we're not law enforcement no. officers, <laughs> and we're not criminals, so we don't live those lives. It's filmed in a realistic style, let's say. Then it's not it, it's not hokey or anything. It's uh, just an interesting. I was not bored for one second. No, 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 no. You know, it was just one of those. Oh my god, what's happening next? Because it really moves this movie. You know, one thing to another. So, um, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. Uh, in conclusion, you must see this one uh, if you want to. Enter a contest to win. I've got a few contests going at the moment. Go to aschoolie.com, win some Blu-rays. There's uh, three contests. like tap dancing contests or Jeopardy type questions? Answer a question. Oh, right. Very easy question. (laughs) Fill in your name and email address. You may win a Blu-ray. So next week's Blu-ray review will be James Bond 007 in Skyfall. I'm so excited because uh, I'm a big James Bond fan. Always have been. Um, I have kept clear of spoilers kept clear of footage from this movie I haven't seen the trailer I have stayed clear purposely because I loved Casino Royale now people listening to this are going to try to give you like a barrage of information I loved Casino Royale I liked Quantum of Solace I'm hoping this one is matches up you know really really, I, I feel that um, this reinvention or this new James Bond which is played by Daniel Craig is excellent you know they changed the whole vibe of Bond for me and I like it what they did with it so we'll see that next week Uh, movie game what is this movie game called? Mm, currently it is called movie year I think that kind of tells says it all we say a movie and the other person has to guess or Dig up in their brain what year they think that movie was made or released. We say, I say released is the best way to go. All right, City Slickers. Excuse me. Oh, dear. One of these guys was in City Slickers. 
It was either Jake Gyllenhaal or Michael Penner. And that's the reason I picked City. It was Slickers. Jake because he was the son. Jake. Um, I'm going to say 1986. Very wrong. Oh. 1991. No, I thought it was when I just got out I of I thought high it was school. in the 80s too. Wow. So there you well, go. I lose on that one. And I'm going to give you this one, which you probably will know right off the top of your head. American Werewolf in London. Oh, 1982. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Well, that is not very wrong, but it's slightly wrong. 1981. Oh, I knew it was really <laughs> close. <laughs> which to me also seems like a later 80s movie. I don't know why. Because no, when it you, doesn't when you to watch me. it, it, it feels like it's got a 70s vibe. But I don't know why I always think of it as being like my senior year or something, which is probably it when I saw it. It definitely feels 70s to me. I think sometimes I think of movies of when I saw them first. Right. Because that would have been like my high school years or whatever. So uh, there you go. Two movies that we both lost on again. I was so close. Um, movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, uh, from the two, with the theme of the two male leads of this movie. Number one, Jay Gyllenhaal, Jarhead, which I think he did in Jarhead for the military, what he did in this for cops. Show, right. Showed like a realistic angle, you know? Mm, right. Because it's waltz and all Jarhead, basically. It's going through the training camp, mm-hmm. becoming an actual sniper in that case, and just the right. hor- horrors right. of war, basically. Uh, and my other one is Michael Penner's role would be uh, Crash, which is, I still think... It is good, but Magnolia. If you, the, Magnolia is a film that's similar to it, pastiche of mo- uh, pe- uh, you know stories, six, right. seven stories. Uh, I prefer Magnolia, but Crash is a good movie. And Michael Bennett in Crash is. There's lots of movies like that. L.A. Story. Yeah, but there was a bit of a glut of them. There was there was yeah. a few yeah the, 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 at that point because they came out around the same time. So that's mine for this week: Jarhead and Crash. And you know, I would also recommend both Crash movies. Crash, the Oscar-nominated one. Warn them. And David Cronenberg's Crash, which is about um, people who get turned on by car crashes. Very turned on by, not just car crashes. Disfigurement from car crashes. And mine are, in the theme of Jake Gyllenhaal, are Donnie Darko, because I think a lot of people might not Oh, you didn't take Bubble Boy. And no, and uh, Brokeback Mountain, because you know I've only seen it once, and it's, it's it was so compelling that I would. I would recommend to myself to watch it again because it's quit powerful. You. Don't mock it. No, I'm not. Also, you are. I'm doing. I can see your face. They can't. I can. So those are my recommendations. All right, games and a scully stuff for this week. There's a bit of. We've not done a podcast for like a week and a half, really, have we? So uh, in real time, <laughs> you make it sound like those extra three days just crammed so much. It life does for in. me. It crams game stuff. Yeah, but then and, other weeks there's nothing. Right. So so, so my first bit of news for the uh, game gaming video gaming scene is Grand Theft Auto Five has been delayed until September. Tragedy. Yeah, um, and moving in with the. Uh, Announcement of that being delayed, uh, Sony announced that on February the 20th, they are having a big meeting that will be streamed on the internet, and it's called the PlayStation Meeting. And what the PlayStation Meeting usually means is they're showing something PlayStation. So, the basically, the PS4 will be announced on the 20th. You don't know that, but it, will, just, it will. Well, but you don't know. That's they haven't got anything else to announce. Yeah, but you are speculating just like everyone else. It's true, though. 
and and it's the and the reason um well it's Do you have a crystal ball no there's lots of people who've sure. you know there's lots of people in the news who already know what's going on right and they've they're hinting at it that and uh, why is this important because it'll be the next console the ps4 right why is that important if you're a video gamer <laughs> a new console is one of the biggest things you can possibly have right right because games are going to change technology changes so um that's being announced on the 20th of february which isn't very far off so it's gonna be an interesting day that um, 11 I'm days interested to see what they actually announce personally i don't think they'll announce a release date until e3 but i think they will show you what sony normally do and it's really funny they show they have a big conference and they go coming let's take the ps3 for instance they go soon we will have this new console called the ps3 now watch this video and they show you a load of cgi mock-ups of games that look like the most incredible thing you have ever seen in your life they look like real life and then when the console comes out they never look like that so I, I predict that will happen this time as well. Because it always does. They go, look at this. And you go, holy shit. Look how we've Why got... do you still do that if you know it's a trick? Because one time it might be it, right? Nah, I don't have that, I don't have that mind. So it always, never is. It though. always amazes me to Because they go, they go here, here is the new racing game. And they show it, yeah, and you're like... And, it was and mo- you have zero skepticism. No, I always have skepticism. But I always find it really fun to see what they... And they also showed showed you for the PS3 loads of things that never came out. Games, you mean? No, like, you'll be able to surf Facebook while you play a game and video chat with your friends while you play a game. None of that stuff exists on the PS3. But it did in those... If you go back and watch that press conference on YouTube that they did for the PS3, there's lots of things that it does that it never did. Right. Two HDMI ports on the back was one of the things. They showed you the back of the prototype PS3 had two HDMI ports, which means it would run two TVs at once. Never had that when it came out. So it's like they sell it off all this stuff and then cut back, you know. Do you mean bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is coming out on the 20th of February. I'll keep you posted with that. I've been playing this week Devil May Cry. And I talked about Devil May Cry the other week and people were complaining, saying Devil May Cry sucks now. I actually prefer this version to the old one. They complain about you saying that or other No, people, people? in general... People who have played it are saying that they shouldn't have redesigned it, right. the franchise. Now, the company that redesigned it, Ninja Theory, they made um, Enslaved, which I really love that game. And if you do love Enslaved, this game's a lot like it. So don't dismiss it thinking, oh, this is a shitty Devil May Cry game and I love the old Devil May Cry. No, it's actually a pretty good Devil May Cry game. It's just different to the, the other Devil May Crys. The character's changed. He's the same character, but he's spiced up a little bit there's more nudity there's more swearing it's kind of a bit more I don't know what you would call that goofy yeah it's goofy in that Japanese way what's that mean (laughs) have you watched animes not really yeah they don't make sense a lot of the time but sometimes the appeal is that that it's slightly goofy to to you to a western audience Yeah. yeah so that's how Devil May Cry feels you know it's it's not made in Japan even, but the the Devil May Cry universe is a Japanese-created thing, so there are things that will go straight over your head if you're doing it. But sometimes that's the charm of it, that you don't know what the hell is going on. In fact, we're, we're, we're going to quote a, a film that we watched last night, yeah. and sometimes the charm of it is not knowing exactly. really what is happening. 
So yeah, that's um, Devil May Cry. I recommend it highly. I've also been playing, very briefly, uh, Sly Cooper 4 Thieves in Time on the PlayStation 3. Um, it came out this week. What I really like about it was, a brand new game came out this week, Sly Cooper. thirty nine ninety nine on the PlayStation 4, and you actually get the Vita version free in the box, which I think is best value, because you can play it on the PlayStation 3, then... Turn your PlayStation 3 off, pick your Vita up, and carry on exactly where you left off on your PlayStation 3. And you've tried it? Yeah, it works fine. You can come home after you've been playing it wherever you were, out and about, and then flick on your PlayStation 3, and the save from your Vita is up on the PlayStation 3. It's seamless. It just works. Fantastic. I mean, you've got, like, the same game in your hand as on your TV, and they both work together. My Zoo never even did that. No, it's, uh, (laughs) it's like the future. Which is amazing. So yeah, that's Sly Cooper 4. It's really good. If you like Sly Cooper games, the animation, the quality it's of the fun dialogue. To watch. Yeah, it's it's like watching it. I've said to you, they should make a children's cartoon out of Sly Cooper. Sure. The characters are so good. It should be a Saturday morning cartoon. Do um, we still have that? I think are we you do. living in the Well, area? let's not say a Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon, let's say a, a Cartoon Network cartoon or whatever, wherever cartoons are It must are be, because kids go to school all week, and then Saturdays must, Saturday and Sundays these days must be packed. But there's a channel that shows cartoons all right, day. Right, but featuring, like, this is your Saturday thing. Like, when I was a kid, Saturday morning cartoons were from about 5.30 until 11.30. They and were for American me Bandstand would come on, which I hated. It was so stupid. And then, Dave and Goliath were on Sunday at 11.30, and then it was church, and then sports. Do you know what? I hated. I get up at. I didn't want my Saturday cartoons to end. I get up at six a.m. to watch. It wasn't always cartoons. It, it was all kinds of stuff. But it was it was aimed at kids from six a.m. till eleven a.m. And at eleven a.m., wrestling came on. <laughs> and I don't mean American wrestling. Yeah, I mean you. English wrestling, which is completely different. And it was always on, like Greco-Roman wrestling. No, it, it's like. When I was your Olympic wrestling. No. They had characters, giant haystacks and Big Daddy. That's like guy wrestling. It's like your wrestling, but it's real cheap version of your wrestling. The ring's very small. Oh, that's how it was in the 70s. There's a lot of fat men. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. It's just changed. Right. It's not as flashy as what I think of wrestling now. And I used to hate that that came on because I wanted to watch more Banana Splits. Exactly. You know? Um, So, uh, yeah, I always hated sports and shit, even back then. Uh, another game that came out this week is Dead Space 3. Yes, that's a huge game. Yes, I'm very excited for it. But because of all the other games, it hasn't even gone in my console yet. So I can't talk about it yet. I will do when it comes when I get to it. This Tuesday, there's a new game coming out, Aliens Colonial Marines, which is actually the official sequel to James Cameron's Aliens movie, which is awesome. Fox have even said it's part of the official canon. If you've watched Aliens and then play this game, this is actually... What happens next? I'm thrilled by that. I hope the game's good. Because Alien games in the past have always been bad. And I'm hoping this time it's good. Yeah, it really is. I'm hoping this time it's good. And it's about the search for Ripley. And it's a bunch of Marines. Hopefully it's good. I'm really hoping it's good. I know Fox, Fox are completely involved. They gave them all the assets, sound effects, everything from the movies. Surely you can't make a mess of it. Oh, come on. Surely they can. So I'm going to play that on Tuesday. We'll find out. Uh, we watched a movie last night. Well, we watched, let's go for this one first. We watched a movie on our anniversary, which was... Which we had the anniversary last Which week? was last week. This time last week. Our 13th anniversary. Happy 13th anniversary. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 13th in a week. 
and we went to see The Hobbit on the cinema. Now, we didn't see it in 48 frames per second, and we didn't see it in 3D. So we, we saw the regular old 24 frames per second flat version. Fine and that with was me. fine, yes. That's fine with me. Because um, that was all that was there, because it was on its way out, right? I mean, it's actually... But just so everyone knows, I don't care about the 3D or anything else, so I I'm think I would have chose to see the 48 frames per second if I had the option, just because I want to see what that is like, but we didn't. And this has been announced for Blu-ray in March, so it was on its final uh, theatrical run anyway. So we're big fans of Lord of the Rings. I wouldn't say the biggest fans. No, no, it's no, not no. like Star Wars for me. I, I still don't fully understand it all, so right. I'm not a huge fan. But I'm interested to see The Hobbit. I have fun watching the movies. But we're not going to go into The Hobbit in depth because we're going to review it when it comes out. But um, it wasn't my favourite movie. I had... You mean you didn't like it as much as you wanted to? I liked it. And I've said to you... You didn't like it as much as you wanted to. No, I feel like I'll like it better when the other two parts are out and I've seen all of it. Which is kind of wrong. It shouldn't be like that. totally wrong. Yeah. But that's how I see it. I think this is like an introduction that's not really enough of an introduction to this story, character-wise. And um, I felt... I kept getting these feelings of I've seen this before all the time in my mind when I was watching it. That was the overlying thing. Well, I've seen this place. I've seen that place. I know this. I know that. Why are we doing this? It was a bit anticlimactic too, the ending. So, I've got a little more to say about it, but we'll say it in a Blu-ray review when we get around to it. And you were similar-minded. Mm-hmm, very. Um, very fun. Fun, fun. Good adventure. Good yeah, story. I think so. It's just the things we'll talk about at the later date. When does it come out on Blu-ray? Uh, March the 12th, I believe. Oh, wow. Really we really soon. did. And, and just in addition to that, we thought we'll be like the only two people there. And no, the theater was full. Like almost full. There, every row had. It was, yeah. You know, oh, those people not, next to me. Oh, oh my don't, God. I'm not even going to mention them. <laughs> people <laughs> are terrible. This, this was one of the worst I've ever had next to it me. It was horrible. Yeah, horrible. So that might have put a damper on it a little bit. Um, and f- we also watched a movie last night. Now, this is a movie that you can watch now. It's out in theatres in March. Very small, limited release. But if you go on the PlayStation Network, Mm -hmm. they have got the exclusive, um, what do you call it, on-demand version of the movie. Now, it costs $10 because it's not even out on DVD or Blu-ray yet. And you can see it. Or in the theatres. Or in the (laughs) theatres. Exactly. So it is really before everybody sees it. So you can go on the PSN now and you can buy this. And it's... uh, Called the ABCs of Death. Now, it's not the kind of movie we normally look at. It's uh, not the kind of movie most people look at. (laughs) It's a very different type of movie. Let me explain the premise of the movie. The movie is the ABCs of Death. So you've got 26 short films, each made by a different director, and usually from a different country, so lots of different countries are involved. And... The premise is you make a, a little short film based on one of the letters. So A is for apocalypse. You mm-hmm. you put a word with it, but it has to be centered around the theme of death. And 26 different short films spawn from this. These 26 short films are made into one big film that's about two hours long. Um, there's no over. There's no arcing story or anything. No. It's not like there's there. It's not like that. No, it's, it's just not, a, yeah. It's like a like. Creep show or something like a bunch of short things. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the ABCs of death. I'm more interested in what you have to think of it. What I have to think of yes. it? Yes. Um, I don't know 
if it's my age or what, but it didn't do much for me. I picked out a few things that I was intrigued by. You know, the concepts of some of them. They're all very, pretty much straightforward, except for the ones where you go, what the hell? What? I, I, uh, I don't understand. I'm not a very well-read person or into symbolism and stuff. So a lot of those you could tell they were really steeped in political or spiritual symbolism for whatever, from different cultures and whatnot. But I felt like I was a little bit assaulted a lot of the times by stupid, uh, not stupid, but I don't know. Most of it wasn't clever. Most of them individually. They each had their own there was some very clever ones. There were some. Yeah. But not overall. So if I picked individually, I could say. But there was not one single one of them, if I'm remembering correctly, were from even for the four minutes that they lasted, or four to six minutes, I think. Some, they were, some were like 30 seconds. Yeah, one very or two. short. Yeah. But none of them, even in that short period of time, held my complete, like, um, enthusiastic interest. For that whole... Let, not one single one of them. Let me ask you... And I um, felt a lot of it was... Um, like I said, it's not stupid. Gratuitous. But it's very gratuitous. Obviously, filmmakers were gay, like, oh, awesome, awesome project. Let's just go for it. You know, big time. Not every single one of them oh. was like, in your face, horrific gore or whatever. But... It just wasn't... You could tell there was a lot of effort. One of them was very, very an important message with mm-hmm. the, you know, that Pressure. one. No, Oh, that one too, yeah. But the other one with the in, the woman in, in the tub. Yeah. yeah. That it actually had a cultural thing that was going uh-huh. on in Mexico at that time. Or even now, I guess it is. But even then, I just felt like by the end of it, I was just Let me ask out. you, what did you think of El Filibido? <laughs> I just want to know what you thought of that. And and if and go away and watch this film and watch Alpha Libido. Don't watch this film if you have children around. No, you. no. If you're into <laughs> horror and you're into extreme kind of movies, yeah. Um, go away and watch this film, and I promise you, Alpha Libido will shock you. Libido, yeah. Yeah, it shocked me. It shocked me. I couldn't believe that it went as far as it did. Um. I'm still thinking about it now. See, that's what I think, and I understand. I mean, I'm one of the one of the people who completely understands the concept of art as a way to deliver um, difficult subjects to you people, didn't answer things to think about. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I understand that that's what it's about: delivering, you know, emotions and thoughts outside of what's culturally acceptable. Because sometimes it shakes people up, sometimes it wakes people up, sometimes it informs you about things that you need to know. But in libido, and I won't say anything about it. I mean, people people know what libido is clearly. Yeah, but (laughs) not just not in the way you think, and in the way that you think. (laughs) I felt like it was because my mind too. This is how I watch movies sometimes, particularly these. I also I'm I'm constantly I'm watching the film. And I'm also in line with what's happening with the people making the film. 
I'm right there with them. I'm thinking about the director and the set director and the art director and the people on the set and the script writer and the people doing the gore effects and everything else. I'm, I can't help it. That's the way my mind works a lot of times when I'm watching a movie like this, particularly, because it's a project. It wasn't that someone came up with, you know, like when you think about this movie we just watched, for example, uh, End of... Watch. End of watch. They watch. That's someone's project from beginning to end. Someone, I mean, that's their own, his own thing. Someone gave them an assignment to do, right? So in libido, you've got this, like, what's the most extreme thing to shock and gross people out and make people uncomfortable and ha ha ha, aren't they kind of stupid for squirming in their seat? That's what I think of it. That it's intentionally made to make you feel uncomfortable. But not in the way of, like, enlightening you. But more in the way of, like, ha ha ha, rubbing our hands together. Let's just do it. Let's just go for it and make these people... And I don't... I didn't... I get it. I totally got the concept. But it's... I don't know. It felt... <laughs> it sounds really what, funny, but it was rude. Not just rude because of the content. And I'm not a prude and I wasn't upset by any of the content, but it's rude as in it's sort of looking down on you as an audience because they want to make you feel weird. And it's very overt. And that's what I didn't like about it. Instead of some movie, some of them kind of pick and prod at you about political statements and about a couple of them were just funny. Like they were just being funny, like poo jokes and stuff, which I don't find funny. The animation one with the poo was funny. It was cute. It was very cute and really nice nice animation. It was funny that it was animated like that. It was so disgusting. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think of it as disgusting, but but you do, because you were thinking of real life if there was a poo on the floor or whatever. So, for me, I felt like, you know, when a person gets a project in their hand, an assignment, they know they have four minutes or five minutes, they get their amount of money that they get, and they just do that thing of, yeah, man, let's just, let's just, like, it's it's not even like a representation of their actual creativity, because they want to make a bigger point. And I always felt it in all of them, particularly libido. Um, what did you think? Uh, oh. And I wasn't offended, if that's what you mean, by I, any of the content. I really liked, ones that stood out to me that I liked was D for dogfight. Yes. Um, X for XXL. Yes. Uh, G for gravity. I thought it was really good. <laughs> I didn't care about that one much. I Some did of them it. I, I just was liked just the like, concept of blah. It. Like, um, P for pressure. Pressure was good. One. What was another one? Pressure that, was just well done. What was another one that was extremely extreme, like L? There was another one that was really... WTF. Was a little yeah, bit... I didn't like that one. It was too... too, too it's supposed to be random, wasn't it? And weird. And that's what I'm saying. That... If the people, the filmmakers, had just come up with their own projects, like, on on their fly. Which one was that? With the film strip coming out of his flesh. Yes, which you had to actually look up to figure out the symbolism of it. And And it it meant a lot. Exactly. But you would never get it. Yeah, and that's another thing about filmmakers, artists, people who write. I understand that there's levels of intellect in terms of... Having read and understanding certain things like lots of that higher symbolism. It's not higher, is it? It's just more symbolism. I don't read a lot or anything. 
But when you're making those movies, those little ones, and you're, you've just filled it with it, you're just looking down on everyone because you know everyone's not going to get it. And if I were to talk to the filmmaker and say, oh, what did this mean? I would get that look probably like, oh, my God, what an idiot. And I, you feel it. Because, I don't know, it just feels pretentious sometimes a little bit. The ingrown, I think, was the most honest. Absolutely the most honest because it was about a real thing. I didn't know it till later, but I felt it when I was watching it. Like, this I feels, I feels like XXL something. was really honest. It's about a real thing. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure lots well, of people I'll, have We'll thought. explain that one. Well, right. I'll explain yeah. XXL. It's a very large, it's French, very large lady, overweight and she gets made fun of in the streets, which, you know, a lot and of people... on the subway and... Yeah, a lot of people watching it who have never been fat. I've been fat most of my life. You would think, you're not oh... Fat. Oh, my God. You just... I know you love me, but you're blind. You're not uh, fat. This is fat. It's not skinniness. Yeah, but you're not fat. I'm round and fat, and I don't weigh 110 pounds. You know, I am fat. I'm similar to the lady in the movie, but without a little bit of it, but... The lot of people mm. would watch it. It's her being made fun of and, and very cruelly people saying things to her on the street and the subway. And it's true. It is the truth of how you can be treated. I have been called names. I've been said things to me walking. Even in recent years, people, teenagers particularly, will say just what laugh or giggle or make a gesture like actually some teenagers say something to her well exactly and it's very real and it's and then uh, while they're showing her living then they're also showing the juxtaposition of this ad of this very skinny woman in a bikini and the it was like a cereal that you could eat to be skinny or whatever so it keeps reminding you of that so that the pressure of her being reminded of what she's supposed to be in order for people not to hate her based purely on her appearance then she you know, gets home and has sort of a breakdown and then decides, I know what I, I can fix my problem. And she just proceeds to in a very gory way. And it's a thought that we've all had. Oh my God. If I could just cut that off, if I could just grab this flab under my arm, which you're saying I'm not fat, but look at that. Um, and get a knife. Why can't I just cut it off? It's not a vital organ. Why can't someone just cut it off and then stitch me up and cut it off and stitch me up and slice would, it off? Because you would end up like this woman. In right. <laughs> and then ultimately she gets out an electric knife and et cetera. And while it's, it's, it's a little bit, ugh, but I think that's the point to make you go, because I mean, when it, she's eating, it's obviously it is the ABCs it's of horrible. Death. Correct. So that one, that one's just my favorite, I think, because of the subject matter, and I identify with it. That doesn't mean it's better made than any of them, although it is it quite well made. made looked really good. Um, the, that, what's it called? Rotoscoping at the end was yeah. quite good. Um, but um, that last one as well with the strange... Um... See, that's one of those that it's my own, my own failing, I suppose. Z. I don't completely oh, get. You know, the no, I don't, I don't, I don't know, get all of the There's a chick or, there's with a large penis. orgasm. There's over orgasm which Like artsy that one I felt very like. artsy and I feel like sometimes when I'm watching when an artist particularly, any any form of art that's try that that takes this sexual thing that we have as humans and they intensify it to the point of 
like you're looking into their mind, how they perceive sex, how they perceive sexuality, how this they perceive... It's almost like a bondage and... But it wasn't, but it was. Yeah. And then it's like, do, do, do people really have this really fucked up thing about sex? That it's like the end all of, of feelings and it's like... Yeah. Eth- See, they make sex in with quite a few of these to make absolutely. it... Absolutely. Sex and violence. The libido one, obviously. Absolutely. Um, and uh, WTF. I enjoyed it. the movie. Um, I think it's super uneven, but I don't think... I, I don't I, think I did enjoy it. Well, I don't think any movie like this could be quality all the way through because of the different inputs. I like 26 the variety. Directors. I appreciate the I like the, the variety. variety. I, it, always, it moves along fast. Quack. Yeah. See, I did thing. enjoy it. I liked it because it, it's kind of challenging to watch, and I like that kind of thing. True. Very true. You know, I, I mean... My problem was, by the time we got to about N or O... We I, anesthetized. I, well, I was not... I All I could think was, oh, God, how many letters are left? Hmm. You know? And if something came along, like XXL, near the end, that kind of perked me back up or got me more interested, I just think I kept being so connected to the people at their table figuring out what kind of short movie they're going to make and them trying to overdo everything. It just didn't... It just annoyed me a little bit sometimes. And But... And just when you tell people to see it, be sure they understand. There are subjects that will offend 99.9 to infinity. There's things in the movie that you will have never seen before that you might not want, never want to see. And, yeah. Um, it's horrific. You can't undo them once you've seen them. I mean, let's just throw out <laughs> some words here. We've got pedophilia. We've got symbolism that alludes to pedophilia as well in another one. You've got animal mutilation. You've got um, sex, rape. You've got... Um, uh, well, yeah. Oh, we've got suicide, death of babies, yeah, different forms, suicide in front of your mind, in front of your eyes. So it's not like we're going. Oh, this is a horror movie that might make you feel. Uh-huh. No, don't watch it if you've got a sixteen-year-old or an eighteen-year-old and think, oh, this will be awesome and cool. No, I mean you need to regulate this movie. It's the definition of, of not. Rated, like NR or whatever, you know. Absolutely. Unrated. It it's right there with Irreversible, which we've talked about yeah. before. Again, not an enjoyable experience, but, but that one was a I, different I liked vibe. it, and the same reason. I like challenging. The challenge kinda, of it, yeah. Um, it's stimulating, like, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> not like libido is stimulating, but... Um, yeah, libido's not stimulating in any way, <laughs> apart from the fact that it's... See, that's the idea. Sexually is not. The thing is, they're trying to prove to you... As the viewer, that no matter how much you try to pretend that none of these things are going to stimulate you sexually, that inside your mind somewhere, you're getting tripped up. And I find that rude in a way of, you're not being artistic, you're being a brat. You're like trying to be... In libido, the creepiest thing for me, and it's very creepy libido, (laughs) is when the sexy lady opens her legs on the air and there's a little... And it goes, that, that, I didn't expect that far. I was like, whoa, what the hell? And, you know, I went through the phase of my mind when I had uh, when I was in my 20s, you know, of surrealistic artwork and fuck the system. And I'm going to, I want to challenge everybody. And I want to, like, I want to, re- I want to live that. It's not goth life. It's nothing like that. It's like, I want to absorb as much, um... What's the word? Like, count, not counterculture either. This is like extreme. 
oh, if this is taboo for you, then I'm going to throw it in your face. You know, right. I want to make you feel uncomfortable. I want to make you jitter in your chair. Not for, not for like, inspirational reasons. Just for reasons. Because yeah. I Because I want to make I a can. fool out of you yeah. to show you, look how stupid you are for feeling weird about this topic. And then I grew out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I get it now. I can look back on it and go, right, well, that's... Uh. I still definitely felt weird during times of that movie. Yes. Including <laughs> F for fat. I felt really weird during that <laughs> section. Just because I couldn't comprehend it, really. I mean, I knew what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. It was just... I was, I was thinking, like you, where does this idea come from in this man's mind? I'm thinking a man made it, but maybe it was a woman. Sure. But I was like, okay, I get that bit. Like like a, a girl farts and a, a, a little skirt blows up. She's in like a schoolgirl outfit, like a Japanese girl. And it's and you know another girl kind of laughs. It's kind of funny. And then it goes like bananas. Yeah. And I, and the very end scene with like, like the is it so taboo that yeah. this this expression of it. And as you're sitting there, if you were sitting with other people or a group of people, one of the, at least one person, if not almost everybody, is going to laugh. Not only are they going to laugh, but you you get the sensation that you're supposed to be sitting there feeling like, I don't understand this. I bet I'm the only one. And everyone else understands it, and I'm the only one sitting here uncomfortable, and like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get it, or whatever. And I feel, again, overtly, the the filmmaker, artist person, is just poking at you, like... But I like the, uh, I like... Because that one's from another culture as well that we don't fully understand because we're not from that culture. It, it also has that layer. Yeah, is it of, relevant? That layer of separation. Is it just that person who's in their mind and their experience? This has been a topic of whatever, or is it just one of those funny jokes in their culture? Yeah, and that's all it is. Like the S for samurai. Yeah, seemed like a joke. It seemed like a like almost like a wily e. coyote thing come to life. To Absolutely. Me. So did the. Uh, Electro audio, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, the furry. Yeah. Yeah, they feel like cartoons, but with real people in them. What was it? Electro... Hydro... Yeah. Shock. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a crazy movie. I mean, just for the fact that we just said Electro Hydro Shock is one of the movies. It's, with furries. Yeah, From World crazy. War Two. Yeah, a Nazi <laughs> one and a British Bulldog one. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you won't see anything like it. You won't have seen anything like it. If your 15-year-old son says, hey, I just watched the ABCs of death, you're going to need to take him to a counselor. <laughs> because that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. And it's not appropriate for us, and we're 45. It's just... I I like weird shit. I don't know why. I always have controversial, like, pushing the boundaries. Uh, you, you almost can't go too far for me. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> you can't go too far. Right, and yes, I, you could go too far. Yeah, actually. and me either. I'm not like <laughs> it depends. I would I would like to think I wouldn't be personally offended by things because these people don't know me. But it's the motivation that you f- you can feel it sometimes. I can, and I just find that lowers the the right. impact. So so that's ABC's of death. You can catch it on the PlayStation Network. <laughs> I'm sure it'll it'll be in theaters in March. Just go to abcsofdeath.com if you're interested. And I'm sure a lot of you are after that. Or not, you're running for the hills. We learned one thing of value that I don't know if it's... It's not like I can do anything about it, unfortunately. But one actual thing is that it... it and this we only knew from reading the credits. That in Mexico, there have been so many murders of women over the last 10 years, was it? Yeah. 
that this was the artist filmmaker was trying to make a statement of what you know this is it's not the death's not just on the screen he said right exactly that it was trying to bring light onto an actual horrible problem I also think pressure was too oh yeah definitely definitely because that is in lots of ways not only that yeah. but I mean in her yeah. own in her own self but that's definitely a um, absolutely kink of some kind Ugh. anyway um, yeah so on to a brighter note mm. Um, Please. This week's After the Show, number 261, is our fifth year of doing After the Show. So, um, happy birthday to us. Five years. Here's to another five years of movie reviewing (laughs) and ABCs of death. And how did you find this out, by the way? You weren't looking. You weren't... I didn't know. It it was a coincidence. Somebody said... A press person asked me how many years of podcasting have we done. I went on Google and put... 261 weeks, how many years is that? And it said... No, 260 weeks, how many years is that? And it said 4.9 something years. And I was like, hold on, when's when's five years? So I put 261 and it went five years. I was like, yeah, oh my you God. Went out, you went that route <laughs> yeah, instead I, of later. Don't use go, my mind. And then, no, later you go, oh, I'll just go look at the first one and see the date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that route, that was what, how it And then we discovered about. that it was February 14th. 2000 and... Was it on Valentine's Day, I think? Yeah, apparently. 2008. Yeah, so um, it's our fifth anniversary of the show, um, 13th anniversary of being married. Do I get a gift for the... Uh, and yeah, the... you get ABCs of Death. I rented it, you can watch, You watched it. Thanks. That was your gift. Thanks. What does um, that say about you? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, finally, there was another thing after the show. Oh, our, our podcast links were broken on the site. So every week when I'm telling you to go and press the iTunes button, that never worked for, I don't know for how long. I went in this week and fixed every damn link, 261 <laughs> of them. One at a time. One at a time. It took me most of one day. And it was tedious, and I felt like I was going to kill myself near the end of it. In no, fact, I didn't. That's I put my arms true. in the air and went, I'm done! At the end, that was how... It wasn't enough. It was, it was draining it. my soul. I could feel my soul leaving through my ears. I, I, I was like... Only. Well, here's a little reality check for you. Maybe you should have noticed it a long time ago. I was like, only a hundred left. <laughs> only 70 left. <laughs> and I was going crazy like Chevy Chase coming over that hill, you know, and he's uh, in the desert. So, um, yeah, that's Did fixed. you have your pants on your head by the end of it? I actually did. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, all the after-the-show Ace Scully stuff for this week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? We're going to have... I made something earlier in the week that you really liked, so I'm going to make it again, which is just some peas and sweet potatoes in the skillet, kind of stirred up together with a little olive oil. Very simple, but it was delicious. Just some vegetables. And some... I'm going to make a chickpea spread and put it on toast with a little bit of salad. And I got a zucchini and I got a big portobello mushroom. They were on sale, so I'm going to do that thing that we saw. They oh, yeah. shaved the zucchini into like strips and then make kind of a quick stir-fry with it. And I just got some cheap lemon cookies for dessert. Or you might choose to have the last piece of the chocolate cake that I, I would got. choose that, yeah. The Pepperidge Farm chocolate cake. Or an ice cream like. bar. I would choose that, too. I think I might have the ice cream bar. I think there's only one. Oh, no, there's more than one. I started one the other day and put it back in there. Because nice. I decided I didn't want it. It's making me I'm feel not eating of, that one. If anyone hasn't noticed, I've had like a stuffy kind of nose I've also got that a little bit. All week. Um, it started like last Saturday slash Sunday. And then it just got, it just was like, ugh. Monday and Tuesday I felt like poo. And so I'm hoping that it'll dry up eventually. But 
You're much better than you started. Oh, yeah. And then, um, what else have I got? Oh, just so you know, if you don't go to my site, which is sidtalk.com, I'm planning on, so far I've done it, fairly, I'm not very good at schedules and stuff, so don't hold me to it. But I'm trying to put up a new drawing, at least one every week for this year. And they're not, I mean, if you've never seen what I draw, it's not like I'm sitting here doing a fantastic portrait of you, which I should, actually. I should challenge myself and do a portrait of you. I can't sit still. I can take a picture of right. you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it live anyway because I'm really slow and I mean, I'm, I'm not still, great at that no. sort of traditional stuff. But um, if you've never seen what I draw, you can go to my site, which is CIDTALK.com, and just see through the year what I draw. And uh, I tried a few color drawings. <laughs> You know, I've only done a couple of paintings, and I do use color, but I'm not I'm not a fan of using color. I, I've studied color theory somewhat in college, and I wasn't interested. Now, if you saw my shoes, or my car, or my bag that I carry, you might be like, oh, she loves crazy colors, but I really am not. You sound I mean, like Bentley. Oh, crazy colors, yeah. <laughs> I love colors, but I really don't. So when I'm drawing, I just like... Black and white. And so I tried a couple color drawings. Didn't love it. And I'm back to my black. Looking at your desktop now, you think you like crazy colors. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a picture of a flower. I know, but still. I so uh, that's just, I'm just reminding you, if you like drawings and art, and that's something you can go and uh, look at. Love it or hate it. It's out there for you to see. And then my last thing is my advice. And I got this pink card in the mail, and it's got a little ribbon on it, which women will know automatically. It is to remind me to get my annual mammogram. Which so is a lot of fun is, for everybody, right? It's not that bad. Is it not? I don't I mind. Have, I hear some people say it's excruciating. Um, you know what? If you had if you had really... I don't have large breasts. I have more flab. Like, if I were to lose a lot of weight... Well, that's, I just love you because you love me and you don't see these things. But there's flab there. It's a lot of fat. You know, your breasts are mostly just some, like, muscle, a little bit of muscle, but it's mostly just fatty tissue. So if you had really large breasts that were naturally large, like with all that muscle tissue in your glands, they squeeze them in there. I mean, you, you put your boob on this clear plastic thing. First of all, they put these little... Um, metal stickers right on your nipples so that when they and if you have any they call them skin tags or big moles they put these little metal things on those so that when if they see them on the x-ray they won't think it's something else so they right. put a nipple marker on you Tiny. and they're kind of like kind of like the button side of a snap it's just a little metal thing that pokes out with a little flat thing and they stick them on you i always end up coming home with them still on my boobs stick them on really my boobs <laughs> Well, they have, they're like peel Adhesive. off. They peel the back off and they stick it to you. Um, they. There's only one lady in there with me, ever. And they then she has you put your arm up over here and she kind of manipulates your boob on this little platform thing and then turns the crank and it lowers another piece of flat plastic down so that it sandwiches your boobie in there. And she does it pretty tight. And the new regulations are also, the, or they have to make sure you're, they're not getting any of your stomach tissue or like up under your armpit tissue so it's a little bit different position now than it used to be but she has to crank it pretty tight because what you're doing is you're getting a picture through your breast to see if there's anything that shouldn't be there why people have a problem with this i don't know like i'm not that i'm not very mm, i don't have a problem with like doctors touching my body or 
a strange lady in a hospital touching my breast. I mean, I just don't have a problem with it. So I'm not embarrassed. Um, She's a medical professional. What she's doing is for my own good. Yes, there can be false positives and there can also be false negatives in mammograms. But if you look at the big picture, I even know women who have found lumps because of it and then were able to treat it or find out if it was bad or good or whatever. We have in our past, your past, your own mother, unfortunately passed away of breast cancer and she was very young. And I always remind myself that if she had this technology and this, the cultural awareness that we have now, if it had been that way in the 70s, would she have potentially found it sooner? Because it's clear, I think, that by the time she discovered it and then it was just too late. Very sad. And there are still women who have that same issue because they won't go or they don't go or they're not aware of it. So I'm just saying women who are listening to this, men who are listening to this, um, remind your women. And, you know, it's not a, it's not funny. It's not a joke. It's not like, hey, you're going to go get your boob touched. <laughs> like, if you think that way, you're just an idiot. Like, it's for your health, you know? Of course. Would you rather your wife or yourself never do it? And then in five years, find out that five years ago, you could have found that thing and you don't have like a bad you know, prognosis or whatever. So I say, just go do it. Make a day of it if you want. Have a little girly day. Maybe go with your friends. Get like four or five friends and all of you schedule it so that when you're in the waiting room, you've got somebody to talk to and as they'll bring you into the little area together. You can wait together, do your thing, come out and, you know, and just be... And then that way, if somebody does have something or you've found a lump or whatever, then you, you know, I just don't get why people are freaked out by it. It, You know, I don't get it. So that's my big advice is have a mammogram. And then um, also last week, I, my mother and I both volunteered to, uh, my nephew asked me if we would be judges in their debate tournament that they were hosting at their school. And it was quite the experience. School debate club. Well, it's the debate um, team. Yeah, it's and debate apparently has changed over the years. It's not. I did these different types. I was the only judge in the room for two different competitions, which they were both called the Lincoln Douglas debate. So it's one kid versus one kid, and we're the only three people in the room. One of them, the topic was. Oh my god, I don't even remember now. Oh, uh, nationalized healthcare for America. Good or bad. Pro or con or whatever. And they give their case and they ask each other questions. Da, 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 and they have a closing argument. And then I just have to write notes and grade each of them. And then one of them was poetry. And one was prose. So prose is, they put together a little introduction. You know, one And they were very deep. You know, one was racism. One was child brides in Africa. And these young people, all of them were young girls. And they had found books, novels, or autobiographies, and then they read a passage, They then they do their introduction, and then they read some more of it, usually some dialogue or something out of it, and it's very impactful, you know, the poetry also, kind of a range of stuff, but... I don't know that much about debate over time, but this one guy who was judging with me and one of them said, he was an older guy, oh, debate used to only be debate. You stood up face to face and you hammered at each other about your topic, but now it's opened up to these performances and it's more of a, that, a performance kind of thing. But just doing it and being there and feeling like you're contributing to this experience for them, supporting 
an experience for kids that isn't someone going out and picking up a stupid ball and running into each other. Well, that's not stupid. That's stupid another ball. form of... No, I mean, it's... I mean, yes, you're not into sport and stuff, Mm-mm. but still, I, I can see a positive side to that too. I didn't say there wasn't. I said it's a stupid ball. Right, right, right. It is like I was thinking you were just demeaning sports stuff. I am, but I mean, it's dumb saying. I'm not saying the sports themselves are stupid, but when you think of the object of what you're doing, there's a stupid ball, like a piece of leather or a piece of whatever that you have to throw over there or throw over there. All the other stuff, fine. You're learning strategy and teamwork and all that other stuff. Not that I give a shit about any of that, but the object of something where you're only thinking and you're forming critical thinking and you're trying to problem solve in a way that's different from put that ball, do that circle. We, we actually boiled down the Super Bowl to this. <laughs> Millionaires running after each other and kicking some pigskin. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. So yeah, no offense if you love and, and commercials in the middle of that. Yeah, <laughs> no offense, you know. And if you're the kind of person going, well, I don't care about thinking and reading and all that shit. Not that that's how you talk, but fair enough. I'm just saying that to support this in young people, and when you see their enthusiasm and their research that they've done. I mean, these young ladies who did these performances of the poetry. We're talking about John Keats and people that like. I don't. I don't know, it's just, it's impressive, the time and the effort and the, the thinking that goes into it. And um, I suggest that if you have the opportunity in your local school, I mean, I don't have children. Uh, my mother is the grandmother of my nephew, who, you know, she volunteered to it for. So I think if you can, it's, it's a very, I felt like I was supporting something important. All right, so now it's the end of Watch. This is the end of this watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to remind you about our website, aschoolie.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on all the social networks, Twitter, Facebook. Xbox Twitter, Live. Facebook? What's that? It's just this new thing. <laughs> Xbox Live, Twitbook. YouTube. You can catch this podcast. Uh, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and then all the links will work because I did them all so this week. So he desperately wants you to go click them for him. The iTunes link will work. The Zoom link will work. They were all broken. Now they work. Wasn't my fault. Zoom and uh, mm. Apple and Microsoft changed their links. Conspiring against you. So um, they all work now. You can go to email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk and stay classy. Michael like Penner. I was going to say Jake, but Michael Penner. He was the star of this for me. Really good. Yeah. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. And we'll see you next week for Skyfall. Skyfall.